Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Welcome to the first of our weekly podcast of Practice Managers. This is a recording of a webinar run on Wednesday the 1st of April. So welcome everybody. Um, it's a really tough time and we just want to help you however we can. So I'm Louise Greenwood, Director of Education and Training and was a Practice Manager and just can't begin to think what you're going through. I did a bit of swine flu and that seemed bad enough, but it's completely different now. So um, I'm full of admiration for what you're achieving at the moment. Um, and we put out a, just a sort of an email last week to saying, how can we help? Perhaps we'll do an hour's, um, an hour's webinar as, every week. And that sort of seemed to have a sort of quite good response. Hence, we're here now. Um, I know it's really hard for you to um, commit to any time at the moment. And goodness knows what you're going to face as, um, as the um, days go on. Um, and we will keep running this weekly for as long as it's useful. Um, so please dial in. And if you think we've missed any questions or think of anything afterwards, just whiz a question over to us and um, we'll happily, you know, happily answer it for you. So I think if we could just um, hand over to Carol now and she, if you just have a listen for, uh, I think, about 10 minutes or so. And Carol will, will do an update. And then from that, um, we'll go to your questions. If, As I say, if you put them on the chat function, that would be really helpful. And I will try and coordinate those as we go. All right, then, Carol, over to you. All right. Thank you. Um, hello to anybody who's um, uh, listening and watching and everything. First of all, can I just say um, hats off to you all. You're doing a fantastic job. And I know it doesn't feel like that. And I know it feels blooming awful at the moment. Um, but we are in uncharted waters. This is completely unprecedented. Um, and I think everybody is doing a phenomenal job. So please don't feel downhearted. And and the reason uh, Louise has asked us to do this is for that very reason. Your, your roles are very isolated at times and um, even more so now that with all sorts of social um, you know, isolation and self-isolation and everything else. So, um, you know, please, please be assured we're here for you and we'll do everything we can for you. A couple of things I wanted to just raise and then you might have more questions about them later. And that's absolutely fine if you do. Um, I think you will have all heard that the contract has been temporarily changed in that practices are now going to be asked to open in some form on bank holiday Friday and Monday of Easter. The reasoning behind this is that all the research is showing that that is about when the tsunami will hit um, typically um, and there's um, there's all sorts of talk going on about whether that should be every practice. We don't believe it should. A lot of you have set up hot and cold sites. A lot of you have set up, um, uh, you know, um, processes amongst your PCNs. And we believe that that will suffice. So we will be getting more information from the centre and that will be coming out. But at the moment, I think, you know, you need to start um continuing your collaboration because I know you all are and and work out how those um, weekends are going to be um, managed now we also know that um, that that there's going to be a lot of queries about well what about if staff refuse what about their contracts what about um, you know how do we pay them now what we do know is there is a COVID-19 central fund being set up and um, you will be able to draw down from that. What we're not sure about yet, and um, because it's early days, is how that's going to work, 
whether the, we know there's a cap on the returner and in, what they're calling the increases um, scheme, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, so we think there's likely to be some sort of cap. But the other thing about it all, of course, is that all your normal funding is going to be continued. So the funding for any DESIs, any LESIs, um, the QOF aspiration funding, all of that will continue, including the money you were getting for your PCN. Your PCNs will continue to get their funding. And we believe on top of it, they are going to get something around seven pence per weighted patient from the um, what they're calling the IIF fund, whatever that is, like the improvement and innovation, um, because actually you are having to improve and innovate during this this um, uh, coronavirus. So all of that funding is still going to come. Um, the CCGs are, we understand, are being told that um, they have to spend any under ARRS spending um, uh, funding for you know additional staff that can come down to you. So um, there is, you know, we, we are concerned about your cash flow. We are concerned about you having to pay out extra. But all of this funding will continue with no. Um, uh, with with no targets for you to meet. Um, the final thing I just wanted to talk to you about is the uh, returner and increases scheme. So this is being called the emergency practitioner program. Now, this is where, as you probably know, any GP who retired in the last three years should have received a letter from NHS England asking them if they're prepared to uh, come back and work during this temporary period. Now, as many of you will know, um, Nigel being Nigel had actually already preempted this and sent out something. And we got a list of 50 GPs either willing to come back from retirement or to increase their work because they're already part time. And from locums who were saying, look, you know, count me in. If you need me, I'm there. Um, and, and various other people, actually. We've even had one public health lady wants to um, see if she can help, but we're still trying to work out how that can happen. Anyway, um, so the, the difficulty we had was when the national letter came down, it asked um, the GPs whether or not they wanted to work in one of, I think it was four or five um, roles. One was as a trainer, one was as a supervisor, then they went on to face-to-face -to -face or remote. Now, where GPs ticked remote, they have automatically been allocated to the clinical assessment service and 111. And we know for a fact that is not what a lot of them actually wanted to do. A lot of them want to come back, work in practices that they're familiar with, um, work in areas that they know are struggling. And we are working with both the southeast and the southwest regions to make that happen. So although I'm saying to these GPs, continue to register nationally, but we will do local placements. What I haven't found out yet is how we're going to find out which practices need what. So what we're doing at the moment is if you are struggling, if you've got GPs in self-isolation or um, actually with um, symptoms and so you are short, if you let us know, 
just on our office in office at Wessex LMCs. If you let us know on that email address, um, you will need to be prepared to justify why you're asking for that addition, because obviously we're probably going to be a bit short um, across the board. We also know that some GPs have come back to practices and said, look, I don't mind doing more or I'll come and work more in the practice. Absolutely fine. But just make sure that you've sort of done a bit of a risk assessment and that you've um, you know, got some sort of justification as to why you need that additional um, work workforce. Because if you do that, then when it comes to claiming from the COVID fund, we should be all right. You should be able to get some additional money. I think I'll stop there, Louise, because I can see there's lots of questions coming in. So there's we might as well hundreds. Okay. Hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds. Ooh, so lovely. we'll start off with um, staff. So staff yep. who are isolating and shielding, is that sickness pay? Are you supposed to pay them? Um, it's, it's a bit of a difficult one because, of course, we don't qualify for either furlough or anything else that, that is coming down. Um, it has to be, first of all, the thing is what's in their contract. You will need to check what's in their contract. And um, if they're entitled to pay, then you need to pay them. Personally, and I shouldn't probably give a personal view, but personally, I think it would be extremely harsh not to pay somebody. Um, and, and because there's funding available um, through the COVID-19 and obviously because you're going to continue getting your funding, um, I would I would think it'd be harsh. Michelle, I know you've looked a little bit at um, HR type things. Have you got anything to add? I think the only thing that I would add, I've, I've taken some different scenarios of what practices might be in. And I think maybe it, it's all quite complicated, but whether we make that available to practices. So the scenarios that I'm thinking, if you've got the, the members of staff that might be shielding, so they're the super at risk, the members of staff who are socially distancing for up to 12 weeks because they're in the at-risk groups, you've got the members of staff who are self-isolating and then the ones that are off sick. So we could share the guidance that we've pulled together around that um, with practices and maybe pop that onto our website. And I know that ACAS have got a really good quite a lot of good information on their website too so it's worth having a look at them I mean we're not HR specialists so these are just our opinions so if you've got a HR specialist that works with you I would suggest running it past them okay thank you, okay, Michelle. Thank you. sorry um, and following on from this um, bank holiday pay there's quite a lot of questions about bank holidays anyway Carol so yeah. bank holiday we're thinking it's good Friday Easter Saturday Easter Sunday Easter Monday no, 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 it's not the weekend. There we go, it's that's not what we want to know. four days, okay, that's that's our understanding at the moment. Obviously, there's going to have to be a service over the four days. And quite frankly, I think most areas, if they're, if they're putting something together, then they are likely to cover the four days because that makes sense. Um, but the, the legislation, as we understand it, only covers the two actual bank holiday days. Okay, because um, there's a pushback from some CCGs saying that practice have to offer, also offer services on the Saturday and Sunday. The, at the moment, that's not my understanding, but we still haven't had the final um, information out. But but certainly when we, I think when I spoke about it with Nigel, he, he talked about the Friday and the Monday rather than the weekend. Okay, Lisa um, Harding, I think, has got something to say. So her hand was up there. Lisa. 
good. Carol, I was just going to say, I think Nigel was suggesting there may be some flexibility that not every practice would have, have to stay open. It could be done on a PCN basis. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what, what I did say that earlier, but obviously um, that that was about everything, really, not just about bank holidays. Yeah. OK. And I think there are obviously there are pressures because practice managers have got staff who are choosing to say, no, I think I, I ought to isolate when actually they probably feel they could work. And I think there's obviously a tension going on there with um, employees and employers. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are getting a little bit mixed up um, between what is social isolation, uh, so, so self-isolation and what's social distancing. So basically, you only need to self-isolate if you yourself have got symptoms. OK, so if somebody in your household has got symptoms, you can still go to work. It's only if you then um, sort of start showing symptoms, then you have to self-isolate. Or if the person actually is tested and has is proven to have the virus. So as soon as somebody is proven to have the virus in your household, yes, you have to self-isolate and you have to be there for 14 days minimum. Okay. okay, it's only sorry, that? Lucy Hitchcock. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks, Louise. Carol, so I just clarify on that. So I'm at home <coughs> self isolating myself. I've had a really horrible cough. I'm in week two. Um, so my understanding is that the rest of my household are now are now self isolating and they have to for 14 days. So something that so they're not they're not symptomatic, but they still have to be self isolating. 14 days if yes Lucy if you have definitely if if you are absolutely sure that you've got it or you've been tested as having it no, yes they've not because they're not testing they're not testing they Carol. are starting they are going to be testing um, they are but they're not, not now not at the moment no so so you've got to I mean <coughs> it, Right. Well, I mean, looking at you, bless you, um, looking at you, I would say it's more than likely you have. And that's the issue. You've, you've got to make a judgment. Everybody's got to make a judgment and a risk assessment. And if you are convinced you've got it, then yes, everybody else has to self-isolate. It's a really difficult situation because we're not getting the tests through. Um, they're coming, who they're going to be for, how, how if we're even going to get anywhere near them, we don't know. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Lucy. I think we'll move, we'll move on with that because there's quite a lot of government advice out there on seven days and 14 days. And we all know we're living in a quite a chaotic world, don't we? Yeah. You talked about retired partners, Carol. So there's a few questions about that, but I think you've probably gone through most of them. But the 16-hour retirement has been suspended now, hasn't it? The 16 hours... It has. So if, so if anybody has just retired or is due to retire but wants to help, the 16 hours no longer count. So you take the 24-hour retirement as planned um, and then you can go back and you can go back for as many sessions as you want. And, and even though you get the letter from pension saying if you work more than 16 hours a week for the next month, you'll, you'll lose your pension until you're 70, that has been suspended. It's no longer true. Lovely. Um, part For two, this period, of course. Yeah. Sorry, part two is I know that's a whole other huge area, but have we got any information out on that yet? So we've had a lot of information from um, the um, 
uh, centre. I don't want to say very much because something's being put together that's going to clarify it. And and as we know, Louise, so much is confusing at the moment. Uh, yeah. We know something's coming out this week, so I think we better wait. That's fine. And just to say that Dawn's doing a great job of putting all the information and keeping it as up to date as we possibly can on our website. But I do know everybody's got information overload at the moment, so it's it's yeah. tricky. Um, just a couple of questions about the 16 hours thing. Suspension, that is for GPs, isn't it? Or is it for practice managers and nurses as well? At the moment, we think it's only for GPs. Um, actually, that might be a question worth sending up. Um, maybe Michelle sending that up to GPC and see if we can get it wound up because we know that they they're in the returner scheme um, um, and all AHPs are in the returner scheme. So it really should be the same rules. Um, so let, let's see if we can get some clarity on that. OK. And at the moment, we're not doing anything about nurses coming back in, are we? There isn't there's a reason to push nationally to work as hard on nurses coming back into the workforce as doctors. Is it not quite? As uh, there, is that... there is. There okay. is. But it's all been done through the RCN. So um, it's been done through a different format. Um, but again, there are regional leads in place for all allied health professionals coming back into the system. So um, that is being managed as well. OK, a few queries about the at risk letters for the vulnerable patients. Um, yep. Is there a template um, that uh, practices can use? Um, yes, on the CMO letter, Appendix 3, I believe, is a template letter that can be used. Now, at the moment, the, the initial set of letters that went out for the shielding, for the, for the high risk, apparently NHS Digital used hospital data. So people, because high risk is mainly cancer patients, people without a spleen, all people that would, would have come under a consultant, so they used that information Sadly, a lot of people who were deceased got that letter. Um, and so it's caused a lot of upset with, um, with a lot of um, families. What we now understand is that NHSD is looking at read codes from GP practices and the list has been redone. Now, we were told it had been redone at the end of last week and that letters would be received within the first two, two or three days of this week. That's clearly not the case. Um, and what's supposed to happen is there will be a list for each practice available to you through your system suppliers, which will tell you which practices, uh, which patients have had a shielding letter, because that shielding letter gives them access to all sorts of things, including possible funding, including volunteers to do their shopping, etc. So it's a really important letter. Okay. Um, Practices don't need to be sending out their own letters, that it should all be done nationally or? It should be, but but when you get hold of your list, then you would need to do a bit of a comparison to see if there's anybody missing and then you pick up those. But you, you'll pick up more the category twos, we believe, rather than the fours. But again, technology being technology, it, it's it's never 100% robust, is it? Okay. Um, some practices have got a need for volunteers to help their sort of patients who are vulnerable and isolated with shopping. Is there any way that they can get hold of the list of national volunteers or how do they get hold of any of the national volunteers? Um, on the Yes, there's a volunteer website. And I think if you go on that, there's one for people saying I'm vulnerable and I need, I need to be looked after. And I think there's another one that's saying how do I access 
um, those volunteers. I, I I can't remember the detail. We'll get Dawn to put something on the website. Okay, thank you. Oh, um, somebody's got some NHS contracts for additional services, and they're still paying the staff for them, but there's no service to deliver. Is there anything? Is there any national guidance on that? Ooh. Oh, I think I think what everybody's saying is staff need to be prepared to be redeployed um, okay. and do whatever is necessary rather than that you know you you sort of well if you have to you know sort of terminate the contract but that would be a real shame I think it's a case of let's see and see what they can do um, under redeployment and sorry just going back to the other one about the shielding letters as well because yeah. I know I know they're not all out but I've, I've heard of some practices using their social prescribers and their care navigators to send text messages or, or get messages to some people to say, you know, if you need us, let us know. But also there is a website that the vulnerable people can, can sign up to so that they are looked after. Okay. Something completely different now, Carol. Um, there were conversations before this new world about the partners being taxed on unspent PCN funds. Is anybody still talking about that? God no. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes, and apparently the PCN Des spec um, has was released yesterday, so everything's being put on hold. What that means for tax, I have absolutely no idea, but it's a good question, and we'll see if we can try and find out. Um, okay. Um, but, there's yeah. a, sorry, there's a rumour that extended hours is stopping on the third of April. Is that true? I think it's a case of, um, I would think probably, um, I think it's a case of everybody's doing whatever they can in the best way possible. So where they're setting up hot and cold sites, where they're setting up collaboratives, where they're setting up different ways of working, triage, et cetera, et cetera. Part of that will be done through extended hours. It won't be, you know, it won't be called that, but the funding will still be available. So, Honestly, I think, you know, to use one of Nigel's most famous expressions, don't ask permission. Um, let's wait to ask for forgiveness because we will support you to do whatever you need to do to get through this safely, both for you, your staff and your patients. OK, lovely. And just going back to bank holidays, which is obviously taxing a lot of people because that's quite new news, isn't it? Um, yeah. Bank holiday pay, if you decide patients, not patients, if you decide that the staff are going to work um, yeah. and you decide to give them enhanced pay, who is going to be paying them? Right. So you need to keep a note of anything that it costs you extra to get through this COVID pandemic. OK, so you need to keep a, a note of everything you spend, even if it's like, you know, you have to buy your own PPE because the, there's a delay in getting some some more stocks through anything you spend. Keep a spreadsheet. There will there is a COVID-19 fund all I'm not sure about at the moment is how we get our mitts on it. But we know it's there and we know you, it's going to be offered out to you. So just keep a note of everything. OK, I think that's pretty much most of the questions. I'm just going to go to Lisa Harding now, who's kindly on the call too. Lisa, is there anything in particular you think you'd like to add or anything you've picked up that you'd like to um, particularly contribute? Did we respond, Louise, to the, there was a question about pharmacy opening hours that came in. There was, uh, but the pharmacies are open over bank holidays. I just guessed that we didn't really know the answers, but the size system moved I on. Sorry. I think we do. I think we can find out. Okay. So if Thank I go you. ahead and do that. Yeah. Lovely. Um, Lisa, do you 
want to mention the data sharing stuff that, that you've been involved with recently? Okay, so there are a couple of bits on that. So again, we've got more information on the COVID webpage around some of the relaxations around um, data sharing from the ICO. So have a look at that. It's very straightforward and digestible, um, useful information. Um, LMC Law have posted an updated privacy notice for practices to use that covers COVID. Um, if you'd like to use that, that's on the same page. Um, we're also just looking at, there's a query that's come out around EMIS Health and practices being asked to share a data sharing agreement. Just watch this space on that one. We're just getting GPC advice. Thank you, Lisa. Does, and I'll be able to override patient consent or read text messaging in these times. Yes, I think we just need to bear in mind the reasonableness of this and the fact that the practice remains the data controller. So you just need to, to take the sort of proportionality test for that. But if it's reasonable in very broad terms, yes, that's OK. OK. And back to bank holidays. Um, there's just a warning here. Be careful. Um, the government is saying bank holidays are normal business. So don't assume there's going to be funding from NHS England. What do you think, Carol? Um, well, they're not normal business for GP practices normally. Unfortunately, they have put through legislation that says for this period, um, Bank Holiday Friday and Monday will be classed as normal working. And just to be clear, um, and we suspect the two May bank holidays may also come under that. So the legislation's actually been passed through Parliament to say they are normal working days. So unfortunately, yes, they're normal working days. OK. And can practice managers claim the extra hours from the COVID fund? Because I think some one person's mentioned it on, but I suspect there are many practice managers who've worked a few extra hours in the last few days. I suspect practice managers work a few extra hours always. <laughs> um, I think if you can justify it, if if, the, if you can put on your spreadsheet that there is something that you've done that is over and above that had to be done purely to do with the pandemic. Now, I think Alex, I think Alex built a, a, a carport for drive throughs on the side of her dispensary. Um, maybe that could be claimed. I don't know. It's so difficult. Just keep a note and let's keep our fingers crossed and just remember all your normal funding is still going to be paid even though we're not going to be doing that work so is there's going to be a little bit of quid pro quo but okay. if it costs you to do something keep a note of it and we will do our very best to make sure you get some additional funding okay i think jan particularly wants to ask a question so do you want to unmute yourself jan um i have i just wanted to ask about the bank holidays we will make it work whatever we're meant to do but as the government have removed the bank holidays and are likely to do with the same in May, are they likely to give them back as with legislation at another point? Um, that's a good question, Jan. Um, and we can we can ask that. I would be I have to say I'd be a little bit surprised if they did. Um, I think what they expect is that all of us are reasonable with our staff, with our GPs, and that we try and almost work in a sort of shift pattern so that people get the rest and relaxation that they need. But it's a good point. We'll, we'll tell GPC we want them to make sure that happens and we'll get four nice days at least the week after this all finishes. <laughs> it's, not, it, it's not that I want four back. It's obviously if we make 
some staff work or ask some staff to work and yeah. some staff don't work and we have a sort of skeleton service and then we're given bank holiday without expecting them some staff will gain and lose yet again it just might overcomplicate it so yeah. to know which to know which way the cookie crumbles might help us in the long term yeah thanks yeah. Jan. Yeah. good point good point we'll see That's what we can find out about that yeah um michelle i just wanted to present anything in particular you wanted to bring up as um I think I would just want to say um, we've had queries about CQC and what the responsible responsibility is for practices to notify them. We are still unpicking this and raising this nationally. So as soon as we have an answer, um, particularly obviously if you're changing around hot and cold sites, which a lot of practices are doing and most practices are, we'll keep everyone updated as to as to where we're at with that. Okay, lovely. Yeah, the, the query's actually been about, you know, um, changing your statement of purpose and 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 submitting it. Um, I won't tell you the, the language Nigel used about that this morning, but he wasn't impressed with CQC, shall we put it that way? Um, I think the final question is, pregnant staff, what happens to them after 28 weeks? <laughs> Good question. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Lisa, Michelle, do you? I don't. Yep. Well, we can we can ask, can't we? I mean, th the trouble is, like you guys, we are getting oodles and oodles are just inundated with information, and we are doing our very best to to sort out the the wheat from the chaff. It's not always easy and we're trying to pull out the stuff that we think is important to you um, and, and hopefully we're getting there and we will keep asking the questions that we know you want answers for um, and I'm sorry that we can't immediately answer them. It's, it's, uh, it's as new to us as it is to you in a way. But just some questions, just some comments really also on the chat saying to everyone look after yourselves, Doc, just looking after your staff, please look after yourselves. We've put, we're just about to put up, we've accumulated some support and resources for you, um, apps, suggestions, things that might be helpful. Um, so putting that on the website and as we accumulate more information on that front, they'll put it for you. And that's for everybody, for GPs, nurses, support staff, um, administrators, and of course yourselves. So, but don't forget, we are here to help you if there's if there's nothing else um, the, the, if the mindful apps don't work do come to us um, so Carol is there anything else you'd like to, to say to finish off I think we're probably through most of the questions that we've got right now yeah I think I think the only thing I would say is we are we are aware that oh, we're, we are all in this and you know we will get through it um, we have some concerns about what the effect will be on people afterwards um, depending on how you know how much this hits we've had some research this morning come through um, for again from Italy and Sweden we're keeping an eye on all of that to see what's likely to hit. this is how they know that it's likely to hit big time over, over Easter um, so we are starting to work on the after effects what we can do to help you to support your staff your GPs your nurses yourselves um, and we're, we're gathering packs together um, to see if we can make sure there's something in place for when you need it. We are mindful that, you know, this is going to take quite a long time um, for the after effects to, to dissipate. And um, we want you to know that we're working on that ready so that we can be there for you. 
Thank you, Cal. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, as I say, this has been recorded, so I'll put it on a podcast, including the questions, and we'll reread the questions, make sure we've come back to you with everything we possibly can know as of now. Um, and we'll just make sure we've put out the podcast. We say it's as of now. It's as, as current as it can be. Um, but obviously, things are changing daily. So um, thank you very much. And I'll speak to you soon. Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice.